to Ambition Radio. This is a podcast where I interview indie artists, content creators, athletes, and small business owners who share how they continually discover and maintain a balance between their life, family, career, and the pursuit of their dreams, passions, or hobbies. So this is my first episode back in about a year and some change. I have been away, really trying to focus in on work uh, that has consumed a good portion of my life right now. I have also moved and had another back surgery. Um, this is my second one. Hopefully this this gets it. We're thinking by the beginning of 2024, I'll be almost a new person. Uh, who knows? Maybe I'll do some flips and shit. Find out. I also had the opportunity to do some live concerts again. So book some of those, run those, uh, see a lot of people that I haven't been able to see in a super long time or for the first time. There's a lot of really good acts out now, and it's it's really nice to see your local community continue to grow and and embrace original music um it's a big passion of mine big big deal in, in my mind where if, if we give if we give people the chance to actually express themselves artistically everything else gets a little bit better just a little bit so the the entire time that i've been gone uh i haven't really put this off to uh, a never coming back option again, right? This is this has always been in the back of my mind. I, I've always wanted to come back to doing the show, uh, you know, talking to to people again. You know, I'm making new connections. I'm trying to figure out what makes them tick. Steal whatever little pieces of inspiration and motivation that I can, and uh, I, I've missed it. I really have. I'm not sure if I'll ever get in an an actual rhythm or schedule again. Really, my my goal is roughly about two to three episodes per month. Uh, you know, get the interviews down, record those, send someone else the the files to edit because I am over it, and just release them kind of whenever. Um, I don't think it has to be as big of a a thing that I was trying to do and just never was able to really gain traction. So I want to keep this loose. I want to keep it to where I keep coming back and keep loving what I'm doing with this show. I have some more interviews lined up soon. Um, and yeah, we'll just, we'll just get them out as we go along. I have also been thinking about the idea of recording smaller episodes, uh, just kind of talking about what I'm digging at the moment, uh, whether that's like a, a movie, anime, music, maybe do some reviews. I, I don't know. We'll 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 kind of play that by ear. I like the idea of being able to engage more and and give you guys more. You know, it's it's this is this is me, right? This is my show, and the fact that some people are still listening 
despite me not putting out something for a super long time means the world to me. That's that that's so much appreciation and support that I I don't even know how to express the gratitude that I have. So now that I'm done recapping, like it's actually important to anybody. Uh, this episode features ruthless pro wrestling commentating team of Chris Dare and John Bullard. I have known Chris for a few years now. Uh, we go over our connection, how both Chris and John got into the wrestling business, how everyone re- who wrestles in death matches are actually like the nicest people ever and what it really means to find your smile. I lost some of John's audio in the first few minutes, so sorry. Um, It's not too noticeable, but explains some of the awkwardness that you might feel up front in the audio. Ruthless Pro Wrestling has a big show coming up October 14th in Berwyn, Illinois at Berwyn Eagles. Chris and John go into all the ins and outs of the event and are actually kind of like professionals at this. So I'm going to give all the details in the show. So just listen to that. Uh, Chris breaks it down beautifully. John adds everything that you need to know about the the wrestlers, the card, the, the environment that you'll be in. Um, you can watch it online. Just check out Ruthless Pro Wrestling online. There's Facebook, um, Instagram, all, all the good stuff, right? I think there's a part in the show. Actually, I know there's a part in the show where it doesn't even feel like I'm the one controlling anything or I'm the host because uh, we we do just give Chris and John the, the, the ability to breathe, to cook, so to speak, and, and kind of just let it let it all out. Uh, it was a really, really cool time uh, feeling their passion. And knowing that this is this is what they live for. This is what they're they're going for. And it is just an amazing thing to talk to people who have found their their own passion and their own motivation to to wake up and and keep doing it. Um, I love it. So uh, as always, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow me on Spotify and share the show if you can. Thank you for everything. Here's a show. Enjoy. There we go. Okay. All right. I did something. I did something good and bad at the same time. So I'm okay with that. All right. <laughs> uh, Chris, it's nice to see you again. Nice to see you too, Chris. Uh, John, right? Nice to meet you, sir. Very, very, again, happy that you're both able to hop on. So I um, I met Chris through Geary, right? Basically. Yes. Yes. Years I, ago. Yes. Yeah. And I saw, I don't know if you know, um, Brian's old band shot heard around the world. I do not. Uh, they're from. You do. Awesome. Um, oh, wow. So he just put out something uh, about like a super nice happy note and now there's like rumbles of trying to come back together or something but as bands do i've known i've known brian for a super long time so seeing that seeing how like he's still very much 
all about like thanking everybody and how genuine it is. And then the connection that we have now, like it, it put full circle to where that this one person, like he helped me with a whole bunch of like me learning how to book shows and having experience with, with trying to help people with touring stuff and all that other what, whatnot. And then, uh, just a, a super, <laughs> Congratulations. Um, but I, just a, I pressed the wrong button. There, there, was, a, I, there was just a, there was a new there was a new Mac OS update, and I pressed a button on there. It says reactions. I'm like, what the fuck is this reactions? Oh, and apparently, it works on Zoom too. So hey, we'll take do, it. Like, fireworks. Yeah, like, do balloons. You know, this is this is great for a podcast to see visual things on an audio platform. But you know, whatever. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes it's a girl and it's yours john Ooh. you got me pregnant <laughs> oh uh how late is it like can we can we maybe just call an audible can we, can we, i don't know i don't know i'm in ohio and he's in illinois so i don't know oh yeah oh we'll be all right um yeah i'm pretty i'm pretty sure that uh was it ohio that had the the issue with um yeah yeah, that's that, Ohio's like Florida Junior. <laughs> yeah, Ohio. Yeah, oh yeah, with the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, nothing good really happens. And I live right into the border of Michigan, where Michigan's doing all the cool things right now. And that's and that kind of ties into that kind of ties into our wrestling company. That's why we're here. Yeah, 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 for for uh, for ruthless pro wrestling. So last time I was on your show, I was a I was a radio DJ. And a music podcaster. I'm neither of those things now. I know. <laughs> I know. It's wild. Over, okay. Uh, yeah. So over COVID, during COVID, I kind of made some decisions. And uh, I got to the point after uh, close to 12 years of uh, radio broadcasting, I decided to leave the industry. Uh, because I kind of just kind of hit a ceiling. And I left on good terms and everything. Yeah. And uh, I ended up. Uh, joining a, a printing company that was gonna that was trying to launch a marketing wing, I ended up turning into like a cold call sales guy, and me and the owner became oil not and water. Yeah, it's it was not fun. not fun. I I was jobless for the holidays of twenty one, which was very fun, uh, and I say that in the most sarcastic tone. Uh, yeah, and then I got a I got a connection uh, in the in January of twenty twenty two from an old colleague of mine uh, that I worked on some radio projects with. And he got me connected to my current gig uh, as a as a media buyer for a marketing agency. And when I left radio in April of uh, of twenty one, he's no longer with our company, but a, a good friend of mine. His name is Travis. Um, got me connected with a Midwest independent pro wrestling company. Uh, I also ironically run by a guy named Chris because apparently there's not enough enough. There's not white enough dudes of us. named Chris yeah. around here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, his name's Chris Kronenberg and he runs a, a wrestling company called Ruthless Pro Wrestling. And what's, what was really funny about this is when they were about to put on their first show of March of 2020, which spoiler, we all know what happened March of womp, 2020. Womp. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, uh, I actually had them on my radio show to promote their their first show and uh, that delayed some of their shows and they had their very first show in Temperance, Michigan, 
uh, of June of 2020. It was an outdoor show that was always spread out. Everybody was comfortable and, you know, safe for what they were doing at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, They they did it as an undisclosed location, which was really another person's big backyard. Right, right. That that's that's going back back to like the foundation. Yeah. Yes. And it and it's kind of snowballed from there. And now we are a good. Uh, I don't wait. Well, uh, at the time of this recording, when this comes out, we'll be uh, heading up to our third time to the Chicagoland area. Uh, but our wrestling company, Ruthless Pro Wrestling, it is a independent uh, deathmatch company. Which, uh, if you're you're familiar with, oh, you know yeah. the wrestling worlds of WWE, AEW, uh, maybe TNA, Impact Wrestling. You know, it, it's a ECW. little bit more, uh, yeah. yeah, a little EC- bit more violent. Yeah. 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 ECW. Yeah. The, well, this, uh, you know, the spirit of ECW kind of, uh, devolved or evolved, depending on how, whether you like it or not of the deathmatch wrestling scene into a world of, you know, more violent weaponry, blood, yeah. you know, almost like a live action horror film, as I like to explain. That's a good to way to put people. it. Yeah. That's a good yeah. way to put it. Yeah. And, and people and people dig it, and, and it's and it's a huge, massive following across the world. There's there's deathmatch wrestling in Europe, in Mexico, in Australia. You know, we, we Japan. It's everywhere. It's a big and huge John, in Japan, and John right? Bullard. Yes, and John Bullard is uh, my 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 wonderful co-host, and uh, he, he himself he can tell tell him uh, his story uh, on how he got involved in the wrestling scene. But I jumped on. Uh, on a show uh, called uh, RPW Slam Demic Part Two, uh, they they recorded a bunch of like private at, at our local wrestling school, uh, and it was almost like a VIP only invite. And uh, I, I they did two shows. They recorded two shows at this location. Yeah. And I jumped on as the commentator on the second show because uh, my old friend Travis uh, connected me to Chris and RPW, and and they're like. You know, we know your 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 life is now kind of freed up more with for some more fun projects due to everything. So, how about you want to come aboard? And I talked with Chris, and Chris knew me from radio, and everybody knew me from the my my town of Toledo, Ohio, and connected me to RPW, and I've been a part of here ever since. And John recently uh, has joined us here in RPW as a as a commentator. But not only that, but just another great connection wrestling mind and everything and I'll, I'll i'll toss it over to john and he can tell about his history uh in this uh wonderful sport i really love before before you start i'm sorry Go ahead. i really love how uh radio professional chris is because oh, he definitely took over the whole thing and it was fantastic and he just went right I into know. the story um so i just thought that was really funny because it just felt like oh it's not even my show anymore so that's great um, <laughs> i'll just take it i just <laughs> i love it i you love gave it. me free range on a microphone i'm just gonna yeah, take it all. well that's that's what, what i was, end up doing yeah and that's what i was gonna say that you you were just taking too long not in front of a microphone and that's why you got into another one so that that's great i love it <laughs> um but sorry i didn't mean to, to no, interrupt no it's your show no no worries no uh so i've actually been involved with the pro wrestling industry since i was 17 years old my uh, high school teacher her son was a professional wrestler and of course i always tell people this little quick story uh 11th grade class i was sitting with a english book wide open with a pwi 500 tucked inside and she walked up behind me 
And she says, oh, you're a wrestling fan. Now, the first thing that's come across my mind is, oh, shit. She's going to, like, yank that <laughs> magazine away. And it's like a brand new magazine. Right. So, you know what? Just my 500, man. You know, so, sure enough, she's like, no, no. And she's like, I'm, I'm actually, you know, and she kind of, like, teeter on the whole, uh, I know I know about wrestling. Like, How you, what do you know about wrestling? Sure enough, she's right, like, my right, son's right, a professional right, right. wrestler. And I'm like, oh, like, everything just, like, opened up, you know, the whole gate, big, giant light. So, sure enough, got involved in it since I was 17. Uh, been a professional wrestler, uh, manager, booker, promoter, commentator. Uh, literally, I, I always tell people all the time that the nickname people has given me is the Human Swiss Army Knife. Uh, for the the all the experience I've had in professional wrestling, we'll take that. So, yeah, how I got involved with Ruthless Pro Wrestling was kind of like a strange coincidence because it really wasn't like I'm looking for a job by any means. When it was, uh, a very good friend of mine, uh, Davison Sarai, huge shout out to her. Uh, her and Chris are really good buddies, and she's like, you know what? You you have a lot of the same ideas. Chris is a really cool guy. Why don't two of my good friends just hang out and get to know each other? And sure enough, we like instantly click because he's like, oh, man, you're into hardcore like punk music. I'm like, yeah, I like punk music. He's like, oh, so do I. Oh, you're in wrestling. Like, I've been doing this for over 20 some odd years. And he's like, I've just been I just got my foot in the door. But, you know, and we just kind of brainstorm and talked. And sure enough. Yeah. Pod's uh, former commentary partner kind of makes shows. And so sure enough, Berwin comes up for the big Chicago show. And he asked me, he's like, hey do you mind filling in for commentary? I was like, I, I love to, because one of the very first jobs I've had when I first broke into professional wrestling was being a commentator. And also similar to uh, Pete Pot here, I also did radio. So it was just like two guys just hanging out our love of wrestling. And I feel like we click so well together that it doesn't even feel like, ah, all right, I have to go into work today and do do this show. It's like, I could hang out with one, this guy, he's literally become like one of my best friends and we hang out with a group of misfits that we love, and we get to call this beautiful sport called deathmatch wrestling, and we have a good time with it. We are like, we are definitely, we like to call ourselves like the Cabbage Patch Kids, <laughs> and like we are all, like all of us are from different walks of life, and and it's crazy when we can bring this show together. It's only, it's not only just me and John calling the action. We have great team of like we have a go to ref out of Buffalo, New York. Uh, you know, Chris, uh, our promoter is a former death metal singer for 10 years. And now he's the promoter of this, you know, our, our stage hands are, are, our good buddies, Bobo and Mikey, and they are from different walks of life as well. And it's just like, we're this ragtag crew of people. And like, we didn't even feel like this should have like lasted, but we've been doing shows since june of 2020 and in 2023 we started doing them almost like every other month um because it's just easier on us on the wallet and time and energy and everything but we're also our action can be found on a on a streaming network called iwtv that is streamed across the world um it's a subscription service much like everything yep. else right now and and for 10 bucks a month you can catch not only us and our live stuff, like we'll be broadcasting live on this channel, but also on demand as well. 
all the time on it. Uh, but major independent companies from across the world are on this. So we'll get views and watches from people in like the UK and Australia. And, you know, when we had Japanese talent, we'll have coverage from Japan, yeah. which is huge and everything. And we're just a bunch of crazy weirdos from the Midwest. And, and we've kind of put it all together to make this beautiful. What thing. I love too, is how like the fans are so like supportive of what we do. It's like, okay. So the first yeah. Chicago show, I started getting like a lot more friend requests from people. Like I've never heard of them. Like, who are these people? And it's like, yeah, man, it's all you guys on, on AWTV. Like we, we love it. And I'm like, okay, cool. King of the kill comes. Right. And next thing I know, I get a, like a friend request mm -hmm. from like a promoter in Scotland. And he's like huge fan of your guys' commentary, huge fan of what you guys are doing. And just like, wow, like I would never <laughs> which cool, freaking. Which is cool that they liked our commentary. Yeah. Because like towards the end of that for King of the Kill. So we had a we had a summer we recently had a summer show. Okay. Um uh, and, and 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 John and John and ours first show was earlier this year in yeah. June. Um, and, and, and I'm still, you know, I, I know how to talk into a microphone and I can be very, you know, that broadcast style. I like, I always like, you know, compare my, my broadcasting style to like the styles of like kind of almost that dry humor, but like also very fun and everything. But I always yeah. compare it to like ring of honors. Uh, uh, my go-to person is ring of honor, ring of honors commentator for like, at least I want to say almost the past five, six years, uh, Ian Riccoboni that style of just like that, that professional style broadcasting, but still can have a lot of fun and can have that dry humor and everything. That's what I sort of compare my style to uh, and everything. I try not to like go super loud because I feel like, and this is just my opinion. What I've noticed is like a lot of independent uh, commentators want to try to like make themselves get over or like have them yeah. be a caricature or yeah. like ye yell too much into the microphone like this. And I just, and, and, and I, you know, you can just, you know, space your, your, get your mouth away from the microphone and just have fun and be energetic and everything. But we recently had a, uh, uh, a big weekend deathmatch tournament, uh, just back in August. And, uh, and, and it was like two days, like the first night we were working with another company out of uh, Ohio called Unsanctioned Pro. Great, great group of people there. Uh, and they did. And we were up in the middle of nowhere, Michigan in a giant, like literally like there's just cornfields. And all of a sudden you just see this big, yeah. um, uh, it's a veterans own motorcycle club up in Mi like upper Michigan, uh, in a, in a town called maybe Michigan, which is the greatest name um, ever for those. Yeah. We, yeah. Maybe Michigan. So it may be <laughs> Michigan, but it's spelled with two E's, yeah, two E's. but it's um and and it's just in this middle of crazy and it's just middle of this field and like they have this gorgeous space and we set up a ring and and Friday night we were dealing Unsanctioned Pro sadly was dealing with some bad weather on and off and then Saturday we had an all day event food vendors we had live bands and then we had our uh, death one night deathmatch tournament and it was nuts we had we had international talent we had people from Australia we had people that have traveled the globe to do death matches and all converging onto this like one night and Poor John had to run because our 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 our, our go-to ring announcer sadly had a had a had a family emergency and couldn't make it. So poor John is in in a suit in his getup, calling the action, uh, and then racing back up. I love that to where we were doing commentary at, 
And we, and then us during commentary. And then unbeknownst to me, because right after that, I actually, after that weekend, I ended up being in the hospital for a week because unbeknownst to me, I had gallstones and pancreatitis. I remember that. And yeah, I needed yeah, to, yeah, okay. And I needed my gallbladder removed. Oh. So like <laughs> literally I am dying. Like we had some we had some internet trolls that were like, why are these guys like calling this wrestling action like it's a PGA tour? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I was dying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was literally having dealing with stones. So I I'm recently in so much um, pain. Leave me alone. I know. And I did and I and I was I was exhausted. I didn't eat enough. Uh and I was helping out with like set up uh, of like the ring and like being the hot summer and in the Michigan outside the entire time. And it was, um, it, it was, it was quite an experience, but still like John and I still killed it. We still had a lot of fun and we have a big, big, big show coming up. I, in October. I, the way I see it too, when people say like the whole PGA thing, like growing up in traditional wrestling, like I did, we were always taught like as a commentator, yeah. like you only get excited when something really crazy happens it's not like wrist lock and like you're everybody's like freaking over a wrist lock. It's like, you know, right, go yeah. to a wrist lock, into the hammer lock, you know, call her an elbow tie up, whatever. And you build up to the the big, oh, holy crap moment like that just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's Commentating is not easy. Anybody thinks they could be a commentator. I think they try it one time. It's not. They'll either go, man, I love this. Or, wow, like, eh, this is kind of tough. And the thing that always kills me when you see like a lot of independent wrestling shows with commentary, either guys are constantly on the mic trying to put themselves over on the talent or they're mm-hmm. just dropping the F bomb like every second, just trying to get themselves over like a stand up comic. And one thing I, I, I would put me and pod on this level. We try to treat deathmatch wrestling like a sport. We try to right. commentate it. Like we're trying to be more serious with this. This isn't a stand up comedy routine. This isn't like, two guys just dropping F-bombs because we, we think we're cute and funny for doing it. We want to educate our viewers on who are these wrestlers? Why is this happening? Why is this turning into a blood feud? Why is this person coming in from Japan a big deal? Or why this Aussie who's, who's now coming into this deathmatch tournament, kind of like the underdog Rudy story, and everyone wants to see this guy get the big win over Slack. I mean, there's, there's a lot more to it than just, hey, Let's be cute and say whatever we want. And sometimes me and him will have some comical moments at the deathmatch tournament. Yeah. The deathmatch tournament, we had a couple of funny ones when we saw like, you know, the uh, freaking U-Haul truck is like, oh, it's a general ride. And someone's getting slammed into it. I'm like, eh, I don't think it's not that much of a general <laughs> ride tonight, you know? So yeah, there's, there's some things that you can look at and just crack up laughing. Cause it's like, here, here's a, throws the ball up, swings it, knocks it out of the ballpark. It's sometimes you set each other it's up. It's just, it's just having fun. It's just having fun. And we always try to keep ourselves like professional, like we're professional online. Our graphics look professional. Like we, they're done by good people, you know, super, super good, by the way. Yeah. All of it. Like, and so we all treat it like it's a, it's a professional thing. Like we're not rolling in dough or anything like that, but we're going to at least treat ourselves and act like we are because at at the (laughs) end of the day, like we, we want to put out, if we don't take ourselves seriously and we don't believe in the product, we're doing it, then how can we convince you listening and watching us about that? So it's been the, it's, it's just been a wild journey thus far. And I'm, I'm very excited for a lot of things and I'm very excited to, you know, what we got coming up. And I, I, so I feel like there's, there's a couple of things that I would, I would ask. Um, one is for the commentators 
uh, it sounds like they always treat this like it's their way to make it right. Break, break in and kind of make it a little bit more like themselves. And I, I do wonder if, if there's just this kind of like mistaken idea of what your role should be, right? It should be kind of like what you guys are talking about, right? Maybe threading the narrative a little bit more, right? Mm-hmm. Focusing on the background of the wrestlers, shining the light on them, right? Not not fully making it about yourself. But I, I also do feel like that sometimes, and this this could be me just kind of speaking out of my ass, they feel like they have to do extra to get more eyes on the whole thing, right? They have to come up with a gimmick. Like they have to be a little, a little too much. And that's that's what I that's what I see in some podcasters. That's I, what I see. I in do some agree. Radio hosts, right? All that. I do agree with that. The the way I, when I was first first uh, first breaking into wrestling, the company I worked for was a studio TV company called SCW. And what we were always taught when we first became broadcasters, commentators, even your your color commentator, if you do your job well, and your job is to be a storytelling narrator of the action that's going on then you by yourself is getting yourself over by doing the job that is needed for the company and the talent. You don't have to have huge, you know, the little catchphrases or, you know, little zingers. You know, once in a while, it's great. But once that becomes your shtick and that's all you're known for, then you're a one-trick pony. The greatest broadcasters we've ever seen in wrestling were storytellers. Guys who made you want to go Mm -hmm. see the match. Why this is an important Mm -hmm. fight why this is a feud. To me, uh, a good commentator never has to do all those extra stuff. You just do the action and do it with justice and paint a beautiful picture. Gordon Soley used to say it best when he was uh, talking about the art of commentary. Treat your viewers who are watching at home like they are visually impaired and paint the picture with your words. So that way, even if they're not watching, just by listening, they can tell what's going on. Yeah, I always I, say that like good commentary is like uh, curtains on a yes. house because if it's a good curtain, it just ties everything together. If it's bad curtains, it takes away from everything. Yes. Yeah. Or, you know, how this rug just brings the whole room together. Really? <laughs> it just tied the room together. This will be on the rug, yeah. dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the I, I think of baseball radio guys a lot Mm -hmm. when it comes to commentary um i don't give a shit about baseball at all but i can listen to them talk on the radio the whole way and it's very descriptive just like what you're talking about Mm -hmm. right i know what's happening i know the the feel of the the stadium right i know what this dude went through personally i know everything right so that's that's how I feel like the the pinnacle of that should be. And what I'm wondering is if there is a disconnect also with like what we see on WWE, right? Where we know it is fully video all the time, kind of like what you're talking about, right? We know it is mm-hmm. very much visual with that medium where you're kind of approaching it as, hey, we need to do both. We have to get the details in there, color the story right not just do the the big woos the big moments right we want to build up right. the whole storyline yes so in 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 WWE and like AEW you know the more high high tech stuff you got somebody 
pretty much telling you like big notes in your ear and yelling in your ear on on what's going on. In the independents, um, we we're based off of like what we have and what I always try to do, and 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 John could attest and can add in his two cents as well from his experience, but like I I always try to first off do my research on the talent themselves because this is independent wrestling, so everybody's wrestled everywhere. But I can at least attest to at least what they have done recently or from the area or from other bigger independents and everything. Like the biggest example, I'll I'll, I'll talk about one, one one cat right now because I have my notes for the upcoming show that uh, hopefully we'll talk about uh, a, a gentleman named Atticus Coger. And I can talk about, you know, all of his achievements of like what he's done last, you know, X amount of years and everything. But like when in the realm of RPW, he's only appeared for a couple of a uh, couple of shows. He was in a big tag match with his brother Otis in the beginning of the year in January at an event called This Time It's War. He was in a big death match tag title match for him and his brother taking on our tag champions, Midwest Scum. And that was a huge bout earlier in earlier this year in June. At uh, 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 excuse me, uh, not uh, yeah, in June, uh, it's called uh, Take Us Needed for Pain. He was part of a big four way main event with himself, John Wayne Murdoch, uh, uh also uh, Tommy Vendetta and Abdullah Kobayashi from Japan, big Japanese legend. And that was a wild four way. So we can talk about some of the things that he's done outside of our realm, but we can still bring it back into what he's done recently. And then I always go around to all the talent and go, hey. Is there anything you want me to put over any uh, character storyline, anything that I can do to enhance you? Because if I don't know, I can't do it for you and I can't and you can't be upset at me too much if you're not getting over on the crowd or the Internet or whatnot. I'm like, give me what I can get. I can only go X amount of room with my research and my history. And if I'm doing something wrong, if I said something wrong or if I got a move name wrong, tell me. I tell that to everyone I'm ne- and I'll, I'll hear all critiques from the talent and the promoters themselves because like I, I want to get better. I want to do yes. as I, you know, I I've dipped my toe into a couple of extra companies recently, but like RPW is my home and it's how I got to the game, how I got to the dance. Uh, but I've recently dipped my toe into uh, uh, other independent companies. I, we talked about unsanctioned pro, Recently mm-hmm. and that weekend, mm-hmm. King of the Kill and their their regular commentary out of their two man team had to couldn't make it out. So I filled in and I barely knew uh, uh, anything about unsanctioned pro only from what I've seen recently. Sure. And I got 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 details from a lot of the wrestlers and a lot of the wrestlers. There's a lot of carryover from some of the wrestlers that were on that card. And, you know, I had the promoter talk to me about, you know, hey, what, uh, you know, is there anything? How much do I got to watch? You know, things like that uh, ahead of time. And then also, you know, uh, I, I call I was uh, I jumped in on on the table for another company that is kind of a uh, it's their own thing. But like uh, one of the regulars, there's one of our regulars. His name is Schwartzy. He runs a great kind of more fun atmosphere of a wrestling promotion called Flap House. <laughs> I was recently I like on that that show. That show. Yeah. Oh, it's lots of fun. Lots of fun. They had a huge big event er, earlier in the summer, uh, a few weeks, actually, uh, or I think, no, a week before King of the Kill, uh, our big deathmatch tournament. Uh, they had a huge event up in the Detroit area and they had a blast. Nice. They had talent from all over and the talent like representation from like four different independent companies across uh across the nation was there and it was a lot of fun and i got to dip my toe into that world too and it, it was just a lot of fun but you know it, i i i want to get as much information and i want to bring it out to the viewer 
if they're a first time watcher of our product or they've been with us the entire time, catch them up to speed, get the cliff notes version of what's going on and then make them excited about some of these things and then reference some of our past shows. So hopefully when they're done watching us live or in that moment, they'll go back in our catalog and watch more of our stuff, which means more, you know, dollars in our pockets for the company and the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, I, I like that a lot. And I, I like that. Uh, you just take the time to talk to them. Right. And you're like, Oh no, I'm a human. I care about you. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, cool. yeah. You, you destroy your body for us, like for our entertainment. <laughs> Let me at least care about your life. Right. I, I think that's part of it. Deathmatch wrestlers are just built different, but you know, I, I have not met any wrestler, any independent wrestler that, that I have, that we have booked or have been a part of our shows that I'm like, I don't like that cat or right, I don't like right, that person. Right. Every deathmatch wrestler is like the biggest sweethearts, you know, outside of the ring or just the, the most fun men, women, non-binary people you will meet. Like they are, they're just the greatest individuals you will ever, you will ever find. And I feel like they, 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 they want to work twice as hard because deathmatch wrestling is like, is a niche within a niche. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's, it's really like, it's really out there. And a lot of purists or whatever they want to call themselves kind of poo poo on pro wrestling and deathmatch wrestling, which you know what? It's, they have a valid argument. It's, kind of barbaric it's kind of wild out there but like there's a weird sort of art to it it's not just like and we and we want to incorporate that with ruthless pro wrestling it's like it's more than just people hitting each other with uh, uh, with questionable objects constantly you know there, there's a reason behind it there's there's emotion there's stories behind it and that and that's what the biggest thing we want to we want to put across uh on on the, the best way i would actually if I had to talk to someone who's never watched deathmatch wrestling before and ask, like, what is Ruthless Pro? I would say it's the closest thing to the Roman Coliseum days of the gladiators. <laughs> I like that. It really is. I mean, think about it, wow. though. I mean, two guys enter into a, a squared circle. There's fans going crazy for, for violence. And people who went to the Coliseum in the Roman days, they were there to see violence. They were wanting to see it. But also, on the other hand, the gladiators also know about showmanship. The best gladiators of their right, time period right. were also entertainers. They weren't just, oh, I want to go swing a sword and kill this guy. It's like, let's 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 have this nice duel that the crowd into it and throw money into the Coliseum ring and so forth. Deathmatch wrestling is the same way. You know, you're you're there to build them up and give them their money's worth and make them want to come back to see more. And if it's done properly, you know, there's some death matches, I'll be honest, is garbage. There's some of it is just hack and slash and it looks horrible. But then you got other guys that are so good at wrestling that when they use a weapon, it's just like, a, a, here's a blank canvas. This weapon's going to be like a paintbrush. And sure. the blood that's being spilled is going to be the one that creates this, this work of art in front of the fans. And to me, that stuff match wrestling, if it's done right. And it can still have a great story. I always laugh when the old timers, oh yeah, hardcore wrestling, there's no storytelling to it there can be storytelling to deathmatch wrestling if it's done right. And I feel like with Ruthless sure. Pro, they have done extremely well with storytelling. There, there's a, a couple of guys right now that are kind of building up this, you know, the, the Cogers, you know, with, with their anti, you know, company type mentality. They're, they're about themselves and everyone else can go, you know, screw off. And, you know, you got 
Maurice Atlas being this fighting champion everywhere he's going, he's taken on all these different challengers. And, you know, he's, he's, he was a guy that two years ago was looking up at the lights and, and he was losing. Now he's like on his hottest winning streak, just beating people, you know, Tommy Oliver Vendetta, you know, his, his big buildup winning the King of the Kill tournament. Now he's going after Randy West. So like there's, there's so much storytelling involved with Ruthless Pro. So yeah, I, I like death match wrestling and I come from a traditional Southern wrestling upbringing. So we had some blood, you know, blood baths back home, but mm-hmm. nothing with fluorescent light tubes and razor wire and all that other stuff. <laughs> but, yeah. but if it's done right, man, Memphis back in the days used to do barbed wire matches and stuff. So guys right. look back in history, right. old, old school wrestling had death matches too. So I, I, I like what we're doing. I think it's fun. And I agree with Pod, the deathmatch wrestlers, of all the wrestlers I've worked with over the years, I always tell my traditional wrestling guys that the deathmatch guys are far more funner to hang out with than just your average wrestler. <laughs> because yeah. they're like not one of them has the same life story as the other guy. It's always like, well, right. outside right. of outside of wrestling, I'm a doctor or I'm a lawyer or I do this or you know, everyone's got like a little different background. You're like, and you do deathmatches? matches? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do it. Yeah, right. Why? I like it. You know, I learned recently that and, and I don't want to I, I don't want to put his shit out there, but uh, there was there's one wrestler that uh, that we have uh, brought in that he was a former youth pastor. Yes. Oh, nice. Yes. OK. OK. And and like he he, he used to work in the church and do speeches and, and like you could tell from some of his cadence and how he does promos uh, and whatnot. Like yeah, that that rhythm, that, that yeah. idea that 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 feeling on it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna reveal. I'm not gonna put somebody else's shit out there. I, I'll get crucified. I know what they do. I I called it. So <laughs> I. Uh, but it's just it's just amazing. It's it's a lot of these life li- uh, these life stories and the the stuff we try to put out is is fantastic. And we got we got a uh, you know a, gr- another great show coming up uh, in on October. Uh, it's live at uh, the world famous Berwyn Eagles in uh, Berwyn, Illinois, uh, and it's happening uh, uh, October fourteenth. I don't have it right in front of me. And that's really bad. 2 p.m. Uh, <laughs> no, I was right. Yeah. 2 p.m. Yeah. It's October 14th. Yeah. Yes. Professional yes, enough uh, to I, take over the pod, not professional enough to be ready for dates. And I had it. I had it. I had it ready. I just, for, I, had, I, had a, I had a brain fart. I was just like, oh. It's like, it's going to be time. Oh, yeah. But I was like, right like, oh, crap. Uh, yes. So, no, it was, it's, uh, it's happening October 14th. So. Perfect. I like that. Um, I have I have a, a couple things that I want to uh, touch on. Of course. Yeah. One. Uh, one of the things that you said, John, earlier, I liked where uh, you were talking about commentators and not um, just focusing on the big moments, right? My question would be: as wrestling has evolved from what you have seen, you know, your old school traditional to what it is now. Do you see the wrestlers and promoters trying to just be flashy all the time and that actually going towards the commentators too? In a lot of ways, I do see that with certain companies. I don't think every company is going that route, but I do believe that for a lot of the, I hate to call it the super indie feds that that's really popular, but let's be honest, they are the super indie feds that does it. It seems like almost like the the biggest problem is you see so many guys want to do like every match has to be like a human car crash. 
And sometimes yeah. you have to realize the fans won't grab onto all of that every single match. You kind of have to book it like a roller coaster. You have the first match should always bring them up. So they're, they're excited for the show. Now the first match, the opening card, the curtain jerk or whatever you want to use the, the lingo for it has mm-hmm. to be kick ass, fast pace, get them going. But then the second and third match doesn't have to be that way. You kind of bring them back down and then Midway, you get near the intermission, you bring them back up, you bring them back down, and then your semi and, and main event needs to be the big roller coaster. Here we go. Like, now we're going on that ride. Pro wrestling done right is like watching a fireworks show. You guys go out to sure, fireworks yeah. shows, very first very first explosion you see is not, it's just boom. But it's a big enough boom, it grabs your attention. All of a sudden, huh, okay, boom, boom. Oh, two more. Boom, boom, boom. Okay. And all of a sudden it's build up, build up, build up. Bam. And you go home happy. Wrestling's the same way. Commentary is the same way. You start off the opening of whatever matches. What's usually the first thing we see all the time? Collar and elbow lock up. Usually the first thing you see most wrestlers do. Mm -hmm. Deathmatch is kind of a little different. It's like, and he gets glass to the face, you know, or (laughs) chair shot or punch to the, you know, whatever. It's like, that happens. So it kind of keeps you on your toes. Uh, but usually you start off and you slowly build up to the commentary until you have the big spots or the big, big activity in the match goes down. Uh, it's, it's to me, it, it could still be the same way. Commentary and wrestling, hand in hand. Your commentary could always match up the action in ring. But I also sure. believe that you kind of want to give your viewers a little breathing room too when you're doing it. And so why, like I mean, I was talking about this before. You know, a commentator don't have to call every single thing that's going on in a match. Sometimes you could like breathe mm-hmm. for a second, let the action build up, and then you start commentating right then, like, oh, here we go, big comeback, you know, or oh no, he's we don't down have to, for the count. Uh, we you know? don't have to have all this. We don't have to bring in the space in everything. We don't have to call every single thing. We can give, and that I feel like that was the biggest thing uh, for for us. You know, especially for like something like the tournament, the King of the Kill, yeah. and everything. It's like those moments of like breathe. You don't need to cover everything. Right. You know, obviously, obviously promote what's going on in the card. Promote the sponsors. Promote all the people that's going on. But like, and sometimes. The, the best moments are the moments that don't need to be explained at all. Yeah, right. And, and, and John had it perfectly about the, 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 the fireworks. Well, it, it, it's, he's absolutely well, so right. If it's that. just like, so that's, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was playing with him with like the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. The fireworks. <laughs> yeah. You I guys can't see this. So for the audience at home, uh, we have effects. <laughs> and uh we I, just i had effect on my we just we just shot some fireworks you couldn't hear it but it was great but it's even like with the with the sponsors the way you lay in your sponsors you can either do with the sponsors before the show and there's times me and him will throw in the sponsors like something have like a big share shots at the head right you know we have like uh dear mccarty premium can brand uh, uh premium uh, uh brand of, of cannabis Cannabis. Yeah. So we'll yeah. do like, well, ladies and gentlemen, that chair shot right to the head. I'll tell you what, for a migraine right now, you want some Darren McCarty premium brand cannabis. I know it helps out with all the effects from a concussion to a uh, no brainer. You want to make sure you get some sleep tonight? <laughs> Take some cannabis, you know, like this, like little shit or like the championship <laughs> belt looks really great. You know, by the way, that Hyperion mm-hmm. championship belt, if you haven't checked out their work, you want to do it right now. Go to their website, bop, 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 boom, and you drop it like little tidbits of, of plugging your sponsors at the right time at the right moment. 
That sounds great. I think it does. It never, it, I don't think it ever uh, is as jarring as when I'm watching UFC and John Anik does it. And it's just out of nowhere almost yes. every single time. Yes. It's, it's really, because they have their own script that they have to go through. Like it's not kind of like off the cuff, like what you're talking about. It's not as smooth. And it is just so jarring when you're trying to like watch a fight you're in it and the next thing you know this is brought to you by corn nuts and it just goes in through the whole thing it's like what the yeah. fuck uh, yeah. i'm trying to yeah. whatever this guy just got his head um, caved in yeah well it's not about corn nuts at the moment <laughs> yeah don't worry about that that, right, that, right. that little four concussion right. he's like uh he's like sitting on the ground and shaking like that like yeah don't worry about that is corn nuts ladies yeah. and gentlemen some 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 fries my man's fries. having a seizure and just blood <laughs> pouring out of every orifice and there's just like this is brought to you by bud light this is what you signed up for. I don't know what you want. <laughs> I think I think that's also uh, kind of one of the, the fun things to, to think about with uh, Ruthless and, and just uh, death matches in, in general, right? Is who are the sponsors that you're going to get? Because they have to be as batshit crazy as you guys are, right? Like, that's, that's how that has to work. I mean, not always. I mean, we had, uh, for the longest time, we had, uh, you know, four-time Stanley Cup winner Darren McCarty and his premium canvas brand. Helping us out. We have a, a great uh, we, we have a great website uh, called Deathmatch Worldwide that does a lot of independent and uh, not only for companies, but wrestlers themselves uh, printing out merch uh, and things of that nature. And then we get like, uh, you know, we get some of sometimes the most random of people or just like fans themselves and want to throw in dollars yeah. to just get, you know, promote their podcast or that. promote their Twitch channel or whatnot. Because, you know, if, if you want to get your brand in front of eyes from across the world, you know, why not? It's, it's unorthodox, but at the same time, like, you know, if you want, if, if you think about it on a marketing standpoint, let me switch hats here on my marketing hat. And you can reach for the demographic that professional wrestling does bring. Uh, and, and yeah, you can basically men 18, 45 or whatever, but you know, also women, also kids, also whatever. And you want to get that in front of a lot of people and a lot of eyes and a lot of ears and, you know, a independent, you know, up and coming Midwestern company that has international talent. Why not ju join us at RPW? Drop us a line, drop us an email. Like, you know, we'll work with any budget. We'll do, we'll get your stuff in. We've, we've had like Instagrammers. We've had influencers. We've had food brands. Huh? We've had drinks. We've had printing companies. We've had, Literally anybody and anyone who's who's interested in our in our product, who is interested in what we do, and we kind of combine together and put it out there. Yeah, like we've we've had like pizzeria companies work with us. We have the cannabis mm -hmm. brand from like you said, Darren McCarty, four time Stanley Cup winner, a god of hockey in Detroit. Mm -hmm. Uh we also yeah, you're telling me that he doesn't just Fuck people up on the ice. He does in the ring too. That, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. love He's, Darren. Oh yeah, I love yeah. Darren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy's yeah, no I, re joke, I remember man. him. It was, it was good stuff. Good stuff but, all the time. Uh, yeah, we also got like really cool people like uh, Mick or Astro Mick who does uh, Instagram mm -hmm. videos of like all the deathmatch shows, and he does like highlights and he helps like deathmatch guys get seen by thousands of people, and he gets millions of views. That's amazing. So, and that guy's always like a big mm -hmm. help. And there's. It's like I said, it's like a, the deathmatch supporters are literally our supporters. They will show up, show out. Mm -hmm. They don't care if it's 16 different states away. I've seen fans come from Texas. We actually had a fan from Mexico at the King of the Kill uh, deathmatch tournament. Came all the way to Mexico just to cheer on Crazy King. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. No That's awesome. joke. When I saw that guy in the crowd, I'm like, 
where's he from? And I talked to him a little bit. And he's like, yeah, but I just, I came from like Mexico city. And I'm like, how freaking cool is that, man? Like, thank you. Thank you, bro. Hope he's coming. I hope he's coming to Chicago. Definitely, definitely, <laughs> we got Pagano. definitely got Pagano and crazy King. So we got like two, like the yeah. top, like deathmatch Lucha guys and one roof, like mm-hmm. under one roof. Like, come on now, like definitely show up. And I definitely, I think he will. We'll, we'll definitely have a lot more. I feel with this event coming up in October, we're going to see a, a really cool mix of the deathmatch community, but also the Mexican Lucha Libre community because Berlin, Illinois is one of the largest Mexican neighborhoods in Chicago. So when they see like okay. one of their guys being there, okay, they show up in droves. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about uh, the Las uh, Rudos uh, Baradas. Uh, they, they are like this uh, group of wrestling fans that brings uh, war drums and horns and like, I mean, dude, they got like, I mean, they'll like drum during Hell the matches yeah. and stuff, do their chants. Hell yeah. Like, it, it gets yeah. primal as fuck, man, with those guys. I love those dudes. Like, they make any wrestling show in Berlin fun. You go and watch a show with those guys in the crowd. It, they, they are you themselves, not entertained? Them right? themselves yeah. are the entertainment because they are so funny. <laughs> love them. John, John, fun fact, John recently is the, uh, the U S uh, commentator for a, uh, Mexican, uh, Lucha Libre company, uh, called DTU, uh, who's had history of not only just of Lucha Libre action, but also a lot of death matches, uh, and as well. And he is the, you know, they're, they're, they're breaking out more in the U S market. And, uh, John is the voice, uh, for the, uh, the U S commentator team. So yeah, I do commentary for, uh, uh, you know, I do commentary for them and also for, uh, Arena Azteca uh, Budokan in uh, Mexico as well. Uh, building that's that's mm. also a venue that's been around for sixty years. So it's it's really amazing. really cool, man, to be part of that. But yeah, the DTU guys, I want to see RPW and DTU work together. That's kind of like where I'm trying to like put myself in as that middle guy. Like, let me help. Yeah, bring yeah. this together because there's some phenomenal talent in Mexico that needs to be seen by the U- United States trying to get my visa in 2024 baby let's go <laughs> we had uh we had one of the the places here called the the rex uh they did a lucha libre match in their little theater which was cool just to have something like local like that like i've never i've never seen uh anything like that come to my little uh town in maryland and then uh i know that we do have uh some some wrestling companies around here i cannot i want to i want to say it's all elite but I, I feel like that's not right i cannot remember what the the name is but uh we've had like rick flair and some other folks come through which was cool but um it is it is definitely not the same as the level of community it sounds like you guys have right mm-hmm. it's it that's what it sounds like to me that this is something that everybody cherishes everybody puts a whole lot of work in and what it reminds me is is honestly like what you were kind of alluding to before, like so the death metal dudes that love kittens that are like the biggest softies, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Corpse, like, corpse yeah. grinder uh, from uh, Cannibal Corpse comes to mind with that. Right. Like the nicest yeah, guy yeah. in the world. It's like, you were yeah. really nice. Like, yeah. Right, right. The sweetest, sweetest that you could be, right? Uh, and that that's something that I, I love that that dynamic, right? Where... Everything is is very violent all the time. It's all heightened, right? 
but it is mm -hmm. at the end of the day a very strong community of people that just care about each other and have just found this one thing that they can kind of gravitate towards and really kind of build up and I'm going to assume that you guys want to see this blow up as much as you can, right? We we want to make sure like this is the place to watch some of your favorite wrestlers, you know, uh, either start here or or be and then become bigger stars or is a place that is is the spot when it comes to the Midwest and especially in our places in Ohio, Michigan, I mean, you know, it, it's hard to do anything in the Midwest. And, you know, uh, most of us are out of Toledo, Ohio. All of our comp uh, all of our shows happen in the Michigan area or in other states that allow deathmatch wrestling. Unfortunately, Ohio is uh, one of those states that can't do deathmatch wrestling. So we can't even do what we're doing in our own backyard. Wow, so we're, okay. we're, we're trying to fight. So we have to like cross the border. Uh, into Michigan and and or go to places like New Jersey that we did earlier this year. Um, you know, we we got places like Illinois, and you know, hopefully we we can break out more uh, in more states that want to do uh do stuff with us. And you know, that that's what we want to do. You know, uh, I I I do this because I enjoy it. I love to do it. I have a nine to five, and that pays my bills and everything like that. What I do here is just. It's for the love, the camaraderie, the the camaraderie. Excuse me, the family, the you know, the experience, the, the tell the people stories, so I can go. Yeah, I I work in an office, and then when I'm not, I'm calling people, hitting each other with things that hold up barns, you know, and, and like you know, shit like that. You or, know, uh, um, what's what's it, the it, baseball bat from Walking Dead, Lucille? Yeah, the barbed wire. Oh bat? yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah. nothing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah, we we see that all the time. Barbed wire back uh razor boards you know uh uh barbed wire thumbtacks. uh Just, glass thumbtacks uh, glass shards of glass uh light tubes god knows what else tables yeah you know in the in our tournament and a non-tournament match we had somebody blow a fireball yeah you know that's awesome. It, it's it's stuff like that. You know, it's just it's just a lot of fun. Life's too damn and short. Let's not forget the and razor it's, board it's cross. It. Oh yeah! Oh god! Yeah, that razor board cross. Yeah, yeah. Sounds absolutely. Yeah, that was the most cringing thing you ever seen in your life when someone gets power bombed oh. on one oh, of those yeah. dry ice. Oh, dry. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, my buddy Ari was the doing the ice crew. He was like, "Dude, that dry ice is no joke. Mm -hmm. That stuff hurts, man." Holy yeah. shit! Okay. Yeah. Um, all of all of this just makes me think of uh, mankind when I, when I was growing up and just seeing oh, him yeah. throw himself through all of the things. And all Innovator. of the thumbtacks and all like it was so ridiculous that that's what was what I was watching on television. Right. Like mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm watching this man just basically kill himself this entire time and love it and embrace yeah. it and just look like a madman. And it, it just brought me so much joy. So all of the stuff that you're talking about, that's that's what it, it's. It seems ridiculous because you're just watching violence for violence sake sometimes, yeah. but it's also mm -hmm. so invigorating and so really for me, like I can't look away. Like it, it's not a bad car crash. It's a great one. If that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's I, I feel like everybody should at least see pro wrestling in person once. And then if if you want to go down the route of deathmatch wrestling, see it in person because seeing it on television is one thing. Seeing a person is a whole other experience, and it's it's a lot more 
thrilling. If you're into like roller coasters and things like that, you know, you seeing it from afar, seeing photos are like, I don't, I never want to do that. But then if you get the courage to do it and, and see what's going on, it's a whole other world and it's amazing. Do you still get any kind of blowback about how fake or not fake anything is? Cause I feel Absolutely. like everything that you guys are going to be doing and talking about, you can't fake blood that much. And you can't fake it's blood capsules, yeah, it's sugar yeah. glass, it's all this other things. I'm like, okay, well, you know, and, and Laura like, oh, it's a trampoline. I've set up a wrestling ring. John has set up a wrestling it's ring. Like body slams. You know what a rings. wrestling ring? Ra- ra- <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what a wrestling ring is? It's four steel poles and steel and then wood planks. And like the thinnest mat yeah. uh, of like mat. Yeah. So there's there's a there's a barrier between the wood planks <laughs> and the 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 ring mat and the and the and the tarp of the ring that goes over the, the wood and the ring. Uh the wood and the uh and the padding. Right. That's it. There is no like the slams you're hearing it is bodies hitting the wood, basically, and a little bit of give. So it's not just straight. You're slamming yourself on two by fours. Right, it's right. There's no trampoline. There's there's only there's a natural like spring because there are some springs that hold up some of the some of the the ring. But there's not a trampoline in in the middle. It's wood. It's tough. It hurts. These men and women do this for entertainment because they love a, a, the the love of it. It's a wild thing. Yeah, that I I can't imagine putting myself through it because I'm already broken myself, right? Like I'm <laughs> I'm good. I've already I, and I've I've just done this by being an adult somehow. Like I just one bad twist, one bad fall, car crash or two. That'll that'll throw it in there too. But like I think so, yeah, yeah. But like whatever. It just it always feels like I'm I'm in all the pain and I haven't done shit. And then I look at these <laughs> these like ridiculous people <laughs> that seem to just be like, yeah, I'm going to sh- just push off this concussion that I'm feeling and I'm going to go like right back into it or, or whatever. Right. I'm sure there's a huge level of safety that you guys have to think about. We Which always, is- we always make sure everybody is trained they're improperly trained from a proper school and everything. We always have hospital staff uh, uh, on, on call if anything gets really out of hand and, and at some shows a hand, uh, uh, we, we speak of, um, back in, uh, 21, uh, our current, uh, and still reigning RPW champion is a gentleman named Justin Kyle. Uh, when he won the title, uh, right before the match ended, he was doing a spear from outside of the ring into the ring. And when he fell, he accidentally fell on, uh, his face, hit uh, the other wrestler's elbow. Oh my gosh. And it, and he broke his orbital uh, floor oh my gosh. Uh, of his eye. So literally his eye is like falling out, not in, it's like, no, well not falling out of his skull, but like is slipping from its yes. position. Yes. He finishes the match. He still high fives fans. He lets a little kid take a quick photo with the belt that he just won. And then he goes to the back and they promptly passed out and we called the paramedics. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So like 
freak incidences happen. They they happen in football. They happen in baseball. They happen in UFC, obviously. You know, they, they happen everywhere. But we always make sure that everybody is trained. Everybody is safe. All the wrestlers know what's going on. And if anything goes awry, we always have medical staff to help out. Every show, every place. We are not, you know, people that are just putting this in somebody's backyard. We are professionals. We are putting on you know the 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 phrase sports entertainment but that's what it is it's wrestling it's sports theater is right, wrestling right, it's just death right. matches is a little bit more gory of sorts yeah and it, it it definitely all feels the same right like you're definitely still mm-hmm. feeling it especially you can in person oh, like yeah. what you're talking about right those those smacks oh, yeah. those cracks those those whole pops like those those are there you can feel them i'm sure like that that's something that is definitely lost in the translation between the screen, right, and what you are mm-hmm. live audience. Because those yeah. those things just sound worse. Mm-hmm. People have to understand too the dangers of wrestling. And myself, I was a former wrestler, and I still wake up every morning with like the pains of the neck and the spine and lower back. And I'll tell you this right now: deathmatch wrestling. Why it's such a unique art form? A body slam botched to break your neck you can be paralyzed over a body slam the simplest thing yeah. we watch every mm-hmm. guy do in wrestling one wrong move the guy slips too sweaty baby oil blood wherever you want to say it slips and they can spear themselves right in that man can break their neck i've seen people go to the top rope and try and do a drop kick and break their leg in half wrestling is extremely dangerous sport not anyone can do it. Not everyone can do it. Deathmatch wrestling, same way. Anybody, always your guys, well, anybody can pick up a weapon and swing it at someone. No, they can't. You know, you have to be very trained and know what you're doing to make sure it's done right and done properly. If not, you're going to really, like, end someone's day. So, yeah. yeah. I, I hate when I hear people say, oh, well, it's fake. No, I'll say this. Is wrestling predetermined? Yes. That's about as far as it goes. Mm-hmm. The rest of it, sure, yeah, hurts. <laughs> it hurts a lot, right? Yep. And if you're a commentator, and like, last flying at you, you, you're going to get that too sometimes. So it, it happens. Yeah, yeah. And it's not like you can you can really like fake all of the choreography either, no. right? Like that's no. still they're they're trained for a reason. Like they're they're they have those mm-hmm. bodies for a reason. I mean, because they're chopped. doing all this shit. You're getting chopped. You're you're going to see the yeah. blood vessels like swell up, and some chops can actually right. stop your heart too if you're not too careful with it. So even a chop can be kind of and dangerous. that's like the basic of the basic moves. Basic, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. A headlock, you can cut off someone's air circulation and tap them out. I've seen Guy Metzger, I think his name was from uh, the old school UFC days, beat yeah. a guy with a schoolboy headlock, just tuck him in, held him in, <laughs> yeah. and the guy passed right out, like. Choked them out. Bulldog lock. Night night. You know, anything in wrestling can be dangerous. A wrist lock. Uh, you could break someone's wrists in real life with that. It's so easy to take someone. Yeah. And if you decided crank it, it's over because yeah. your wrist is broke. Guess what? You can't pick up nothing with a broken wrist. So, and I'm sure very trained. You I'm, have to be. Yeah, and I'm sure also there's there's some unspoken rule out there where like. Don't go too hard. If you do go too hard, you're going to be either shelved or out. Like, we're not in it to hurt each other this bad, right? 
Because I'm sure there are people out there that have tried to like make a name for themselves and went too hard in a match, right? Something along those lines. I'll say this right now. There's a thing called a receipt. You'll hear from some some of the old school guys. <laughs> okay. And when I when I used to wrestle, I used to tell guys all the time they're ultra ultra stiff. You get three of them. I'll let you hit me three times with them, and if you don't know if you don't lighten up, you're going to get potatoed right back. And a lot of times you'd be kind of surprised the guy gets ultra snug with you. The first time you connect with them hard, a lot of times they'll like, okay, like let's we can work right. now. It's like good. That's what we were wanting in the first place. There's no reason to go out there and try to smash my front teeth then. Like, come on, bud. Let's let's tell a story. Let's work, you know? And it's the same yeah. way with anybody. Yeah. There's people, if they take liberties. Now, there's a difference from being snug and, and like a Stan Hansen, Big Van Vader type of guy. And that's just how they work. You go to Japan, the Japanese mm-hmm. guys will tell you straight up, we, we lay it in. We expect you to do the same to us. And some Americans picked up the same mentality. There's a difference sure. from working snug and then taking liberties on someone because you're a bully. Big difference. Right. Big, big difference on that. And of course, we've, you can just YouTube uh, when wrestling gets real. You'll, you'll see those things. Or at times during the match, someone's like, all right, man, you have took enough liberties on me. It's, it's going to be a fight. And a lot of times those matches aren't exciting to watch because a real life shoot. Ends in like three seconds when someone gets knocked out or, or yeah. choked out. Yeah. It's like, why? Now you wasted the entire audience pay just because you want to act like a Billy badass. You want to do that, go to MMA. You know, wrestling isn't meant to be, you know, as MMA-like, but it's meant to be giving people a great performance for them to come back and see it again. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. You know, it's different from boxing and MMA. Yes, a lot of wrestling holds are based off of real submission wrestling. You know, there's yep. a lot of jujitsu, a lot of deathmatch guys I know actually are partition, you know, practice martial arts. And so it's not a shock when someone actually knows how to really knock you out or choke you out. Right, right. So, yeah, I hate when I see people take liberties. It's like, why? You know, someone is trusting your body to be in the ring with you. The, the greatest thing you can do is take care of them. You know, that used yeah, to be the old right? saying when I was first breaking in, all of our old mentors used to say it all the time. The sign of a great wrestler isn't how tough you are, is a sign of you and your dance partner go home to your family and the next day you're able to walk or able to right, chew your food. Right. That's a sign of a great wrestler. That's why I look at it. I'm sorry for the rant, but I, I see the No, the, I mean that's I've seen enough people getting liberties taken on them over the years. It's like cancel them. You know, I mean I'm not I'm right, not into right, blackballing right. people, but if someone has a history of doing it. Why are we letting them in our business? Like they're serving no purpose mm-hmm. to what we're doing. Yeah. And that's, that's the way that I would look at it, right? Like it, it's now you're, you're a detriment, right? Yes. Just because you want to try to do, uh, try to just be a dick for no reason. Really. If you want your body to like be there for a while, maybe not go so hard, right? Like if you want to actually be able to, to walk too and to not hate yourself when you get older, Maybe actually focus in on going back home, actually going on the couch, relaxing afterwards and not feeling like a complete piece of shit because you just went through war for no reason. And then it 
to your point, it loses the entertainment value if there's not parody either, right? Like it, these matches, like what you're talking about, these are roller coasters, right? These are emotions, there are lulls, and then there's action, right? Same thing with songs. I don't want to hear, and this is one of the, the issues that I have with some metal where it's just a wave of sound the entire time and it, there's no dynamics whatsoever. Yep. That's great for some people, but it's not for me. Right. Exactly. And no, the same thing, same thing with commentators that are just like on all the time that are so heightened, but that you can't go lower. You can't like calm down and then build up and you're just high all the time. It's just it's it's so much. I don't know how people respond to that. So and I'm sure that you guys have kind of like felt the same way. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, you'll you'll see it in some fans faces. Definitely. When they, they're starting to like take notice on. Okay, this is this is turning from a work into like a full blown shoot, and you know some people get excited about it, and then you see the other people like, man, I just want to be entertained. I'm not here to see your two beefs coming into the ring and just acting like fools. Like, come on, right? You know, and yeah, I'm mm-hmm. the same way, same way. You know, I like that analogy too about the talking about the music bands and stuff. Yeah, I feel yeah. the same way about some music uh, artists. It's like I want to probably get some flack for, it, but I know like how some people love Gigi Allen, right? And everybody's like, oh, man, yeah. the murder junkies and all that stuff. Am I going to be honest, though? Like, I, to me, it was a shock value. That's, that's all his shows was. It wasn't that's like, all oh, it is. Yeah. Like, like, you're not going to see, like, anything really great. Like, there's no amazing music. It was just a guy who was, needs mental health help, and he acts crazy, and people yeah. kind of show up and see it. Same thing you see if a crackhead on a street corner in most inner cities. Like, hey, he's going to fling feces at you and uh, come at you swinging. Okay, cool. We don't worship yeah. that guy, so why do we worship this guy? And it's the same way I look at people who take one plays on guys music, one doesn't, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Maybe. I guess you know, I guess that's it. It's like I his tin can drums going. Who knows? You know? <laughs> just right, saying. Right. You, you never know. know. You know that, so. that crack can hit just right and yeah, just get man. right into the rhythm. It'd be you give good a, to go. You Who give knows? a junkie some drumsticks, man. He's he's gonna beat on something, <laughs> you know. Just saying. Because that's uh, when you guys were talking about like how how you really focus in on uh, the dynamic and not and not and letting the action breathe. Right. Yeah. Um, I remember booking shows Mm -hmm. with that intent, booking concerts with that intent to give people and like doing the lineups in a specific way to make sure it's not just a wall of sound that you're giving people a rest. You're giving people a chance to reengage and actually just watch what is unfolding in front of you without any kind of like outside voice for a second. And that right there is that connection to those people. And this is why I watch, right? These little moments are, are what brings me in and what keeps me coming back. And I want to say congratulations on you doing that because it's just like you're saying, I just booked a successful wrestling show. It's the same mentality. Well, thank you. It's the same mentality though. <laughs> If, if every single match had the same, and I tell this to guys because as a wrestling promoter as well too, right? One of the advice I give to a lot of young wrestlers who come work for me is you see, like in almost every match, someone's going to do a suicide dive. It's like okay, if the first six matches had a suicide dive, the first two times the fans will pop for it, yay, cool. But a third time they're like, okay, we've seen this already twice. Third match, fourth match, fifth match is like. Okay, it's like the Canadian Destroyer. Like, you, you see someone do the Canadian Destroyer. The very first time you see Petey Williams do it. Very first time. It's like, wow, that was cool. Oh, yeah. And that was his move. No one else didn't do it. 
So when you know when PD came out, Canadian Destroyer somewhere is going to hit it. But now every indie guy does a Canadian Destroyer. And some it's not going to finish no more. It's like, I'll hit you with it. You pop back up. You hit me with yours. And it's like, no, <laughs> like save that. You know, like don't, don't do that every time. You know, it's, it's the same way. That's the biggest thing for like our matches. Uh, you know, it, a lot of death matches, you know, are, are just constant violence, everything. We try to mix it up and also mix up like the weapons or the gimmicks used and everything that we use for match to match. So everything feels different and unique, even though it's the same kind of, you know, it, it's the same song and dance. It's just a different verse. It's a different stylization of, of everything. You know, we have so many ingredients, uh, but you know, we can still give you a whole menu full of so many other options. We are truly the Taco Bell when it comes to deathmatch wrestling is we have uh, all the same ingredients as everybody else, but we'll just do it a little bit different, a little and showcase it just a little bit, uh, stranger, different, fun, whatever your, whatever your flavor yes. is. You're the pizza hut and taco bell. We are the pizza hut, KFC, taco bell combination. Truck stop, truck, truck stop, stop in the middle of the yes, Midwest. There you go. Exactly. There you go. No, what I love about, uh, RPW too, is that, it's not just like, oh, we're, we're just a deathmatch company. It's like there's some RPW shows go back on IWTV and watch. Mm-hmm. You'll actually have like really good technical wrestling. You'll go see some guys who could do Lucha Libre or uh, Japanese Strong Style. And then you watch them the deathmatches. You'll actually see those styles incorporated with deathmatch wrestling. So it's not just hack and slash blood everywhere. It's like, you know, you're going to see wrestling, but done a little differently. That's that's on that extreme level and it's fun when once you see that variety of of death matches and Pod will even tell you this too. Even in the death match world, mm-hmm. if it's done right, you'd actually have like a lucha libre style death match where you see like the lucha flips and counters and holds with weapons. And then technical wrestling can actually still be done with with death matches too, and and strong style and all that. And you'll see that at RPW. If you've never and I tell this to any of your viewers listening on to this. If you haven't checked out Ruthless Pro Wrestling, do yourself a favor, go on IWTV, sit down and just watch the catalog and you will be entertained. We also got free stuff on YouTube. Uh, You know, we are on all the social medias, you know, uh, RuthlessPro.com. Check out all of our links and uh, where you can find us and uh, and check us out and hopefully at a show near you. There you go. Um, I have have a couple of things that I want to hit on uh, that I thought about. do you do you guys see kind of what you're talking about? Do you see a whole lot of new stuff being folded in with wrestling? Like it, it seems like you guys have a really good connection with a lot of your indie partners, right? So you get mm-hmm. a lot of that kind of like what you're talking about, where you're gonna get technical, you're gonna get lucha libre, you're gonna get all that stuff in there, which is great. I think wrestling's been around for a super long time. Right. So I don't know how fresh and new it can be, but it sounds like you guys have that in the forefront of your mind, too, and are trying to figure out the ways to keep it fresh, to make it exciting and to like what you're talking about. Use the same ingredients, so so to speak, but in different combinations, different ways and really bring a bigger community together, too. I think a lot of the talent that we we regularly have on our shows uh, really, uh, first off, know how to use like, you know, there's the social media presence 
and and getting themselves uh, over that way, or you know, showcasing you know their their promo style. They always make sure they you know it's either maybe like a certain way they dress or the certain way they interact online or or something they share. Uh, on their social medias or the videos they want to produce and everything. And, you know, we have people that will go as far as, uh, you know, shooting uh, very high def, well used cameras and whatnot. Some of their uh, promotion uh, material and promos to hype up matches and everything. And like I said, we try to use really good looking, you know, graphics to show online because obviously, you know, again, we're not, we don't have thousands and thousands of dollars for stuff for a television deal and everything. We're on a streaming network that we have an opportunity to be a part of. So how do you get people excited for your product? Good engagement online, uh, good, good product, uh, when, when promoting, uh, and promotion and, and professional talent inside and outside of the ring. And that, and that's the best we can do for what we're working with, with the, 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 with these lemons we got, we're going to make great lemonade. Yeah. I like it. And sometimes we'll mix like a little alcohol beverage with that lemonade and make it really good. There you go. You know, sometimes a little, like, it's, it's refreshing. There you go. I like yeah. that. It's like a shandy on a, on a hot summer you day, to. you know. You got what do you, what surprised you the most as you got into the business, Chris? I mean, you, you're doing this, what, for a few months? It's been a, a while since. Two years, about two years. Yeah. Two, I was trying to think of the time that you've been doing it because you're fresh, and then John has been around. You said since you're 17. Right? I'm an old. I'm 40 years old, so you could math on that one. I'm an old man. There you go. There <laughs> you go. So coming into this, what surprised you the most to to kind of like find out or learn or to just experience uh, with with the wrestling? I I like to say that every wrestler is an artist. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, uh, uh, a lot of those artists, I'm not saying anybody, I'm not saying everyone, I'm not saying that at all. I'm, I'm just saying this in general. And I, and I can, I, I can understand myself as being somebody who was a public figure, uh, and an artist themselves in, in my style. Um, everybody wants to tell their own tale and, and paint their picture and, and tell their story and do their best. And some people are very very protective of that and tends and, and even from, you know, internet comments and everything. And I, and I came from a world where, you know, you know, we all have keyboards in front of us. Anybody at a moment's notice yep. can, you know, say the most hurtful shit, everything. And sometimes you just got to have a thick skin of it. And some people unfortunately has a thin skin for it. So I, I learned that, you know, not, not everybody can be built for what's coming up. Um, another thing that I've learned is just, you know, be humble, listen to people, take their advice and, and, and continue on no matter what. And, and hopefully you can use some of that stuff. You know, I've gotten critiques from, from my commentary and, and, you know, I'm not trained to this. I was just a guy who knows how to talk into a microphone decently well. Right. And a funny nickname to boot that was built in. Right. So right. that's it. That's it. That's a, I, I came with my own gimmick. It was pre-made. Um, but, but it, and it worked in this realm and, and I, I do my best to learn what's going on and how to try to, you know, tell the story and do your best and learn the moves and do your research. And, 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 you know, a lot of people are not going to understand your style, but again, you know, we're not here to be the, the star of the show. We're the backdrop, B but 
if we can make your experience of what you're watching even better, then we've done our job. Yeah. Do you feel like you have found your voice already through your commentary? I think I I have gotten to the point where I I am I I'm seeing like wrestlers and other people use my commentary for moments on like little mashup clips or little mini music videos or just sharing, you know, uh, stuff on their own social media that has a bigger platform than I do. And I think that's great. And I've, and I found my style and I've, I've had, you know, you know, I, I've, I've had our promoter tell me like legends who've been doing this and they're like, where did you find your commentator? And he's like, <laughs> he was an ex broadcaster. Like, and he's like, he sounds good, you know, you, you know, things like that. And I, all, I'm doing my best. And if if I'm not getting massive heat online from from uh, from the talent and from online, then I'm I've done my job. There you go. I'm here for a good time. I, I like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. John, you said you've done pretty much everything in the business, right? Close enough. To so where do you where do you find yourself? gravitating towards most is it commentary is it promotion is it management like have you figured out really what you excel at the most or you're you're feeling comfortable the most or yourself the most does that make sense oh yeah uh it makes sense what you're asking i felt like when i took a break away from promoting and uh i had like a little medical scare uh about last year so I took a break away from the stress of being a promoter because any promoter will tell you, man, that's like, that's a job that really like, makes you old fast if you're not careful. I was one of those guys that I burnt both candles at both ends and I was, I was yeah. killing myself like every night being stressed out about, you know, okay, our next show has to be better than the other show. This show has to be the one that outdoes the one we did before. And when you kind of put yourself through that mentality, it, it wears you out, really does. And then sometimes certain talents could kind of wear you out too, because they always want to call you at four in the morning when you're trying to go to sleep and they have all these <laughs> ideas. And you're like, tell me the ideas tomorrow. Like, uh, let me get some sleep, man. Or just later today, at least. Yeah, just like, like later today. Like, eight yeah, o'clock, yeah, 10 yeah, o'clock, yeah, whatever, yeah. man. Uh, I felt like this, since I came back to doing commentary, I, I felt like uh, my commentary, my ring announcing, has like really now became like the thing that a lot of people are paying attention to. And I'm getting a lot of sure. bookings just outside of it. It's kind of funny because I started when, when I made the decision to come back to the commentary booth, it was like, okay, one small Indiana company and I'll give them a little plug, uh, crash tested wrestling. They're like, Hey, we would like to have you do this. I'm like, okay, cool. And next thing I know, this other company hits me up and this company and this company and getting on with, with ruthless pro has been like the, the coolest blessing because not only am I, doing something I've never done before, like deathmatch wrestling, but I'm also getting a chance to travel with the company too. And we're doing shows yeah. in Illinois and around the Detroit, Michigan area. And soon looks like we'll be going to the East coast on some stuff, you know, hopefully in the future, who knows? So there's a lot of things building with this company. I, I tell guys all the time, this is the fastest growing deathmatch promotion in the United States. It's one that's getting, so much steam behind it from the fans and the supporters. Uh, but I feel like I've, my commentary is is now becoming like my safe, I hate to call it safe place, but for my love of wrestling, it's become like yeah. the place where mentally and emotionally I'm happy because it's like I get yeah. to sit down, I'm not stressed out, and especially when I got guys like Pod to work with. Like, I don't have to like, oh crap, is my partner going to come in today and 
be a mess or nope, Mr. Professional over there, easy to work with, you know, and I've been blessed to work with other good commentating partners too on the other companies I work for. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's been a blessing to me being a commentator again. And in all honesty, if this is what I do for in my life, the rest of my life, then I could close the chapter of my world in wrestling as being a happiest guy on earth and a very blessed guy of all the stuff I've done over the years. Well, legends I got to work with and places I got to travel to. And honestly, I feel like this year has been like the golden shining moment for me because I got to meet and work with so many great people. And it gave me that whole like uh, beginning of this year before I had my surgery, I actually mm-hmm. thought about quitting wrestling. I was like, you know what? I've done everything okay. I could. There's no reason for me to do anything more. There's nothing else. And then that's when like it kind of dawned on me after I had my surgery. It was like, okay, I'm still alive. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll just give it to like the end of the summer, maybe. And then all of a sudden now it's like, hey, man, you're booked all the way up to like 2024. And it's like, gosh. I love well, that. I love that. Uh, so now I tell my wife like, ah, looks like I'm probably not going to be retired for a while. Like it, it's, it's just <laughs> kind of gave me like that rejuvenation that I, I desperately needed. So right, it, commentary definitely has given me definitely given me back my smile, you know, to say the least. I love that. I love that. I love that. Um, when I so I was doing local shows, local concerts from about 2006 to about 2014-ish, 2015-ish, and then stopped uh, for a while. And it was that empty void that you kind of feel sometimes where like, I I really didn't know kind of what to do. I I was just putting my nose to the grindstone for for the nine to five, for the, the daytime part of it, right? And then... Um, I, I got really into podcasts, uh, listening to them on an hour commute. Right. And then finding, finding that smile, I think is a really good, good thing, right? Like finding that connection, I think, uh, helped me figure out like what I want to do. Cause even if I take time away from this, I still will probably go back. Oh yeah. That's been, that's been something uh, that I've been super appreciative of everybody that's ever supported me, uh, that's come on the show and all that stuff. You know, that, that like what you're talking about, meeting legends and just like meeting people, meeting the folks that you work with and that like they change your lives. This is it for me. And this is what I'm hoping to to kind of get out of it in the future. Um, now, my my question for you, John, what have you seen evolve the most in the business that has kind of taken you by surprise that you maybe didn't see coming? Uh, I would definitely say the style of wrestling that everyone does now more than ever. I would say like this. Okay. So not trying to like take forever to say this going in from like being a kid from the 1980s, watching wrestling when like, the leg drop was the big finisher for Hogan, right? right? Now it's like a top rope Canadian destroyer or like the moves have gotten more crazy. Like the stuff that the athletic ability of wrestlers today compared to the guys back then is phenomenal. And what guys were able to pull off is like watching a a real life, like action adventure movie, like right right in front of you, you know, it's like, holy crap. Like you get 
some phenomenal athletes out there. I would definitely say the athletic ability uh, of the younger talent, the younger generation coming up has really taken me by surprise over the years. Uh, when Ring of Honor first became a, a promotion back in early 2000s, you start sure. seeing that and the X division from Impact Wrestling started to change like people's opinion on wrestling. It's like, okay, the smaller guy that wasn't going to get booked because everyone had the 1980s big man mentality. Now yeah, that smaller yeah. guy is still in the show. Now those smaller guys are the main event guys. We're big guys now. You, you don't really see a whole lot of giants in wrestling no more. You really look at that. You no. don't really see a six foot six, 400 pound monster being like the main event guy. Now you got the AJ Styles of the world. And, you know, you had like, uh, uh, for example, the guys from back in the early 90s, the Jerry Lens of wrestling are now being more of the guys, the Kenny Omegas. For example, Kenny Omega is not the biggest guy in the world, but Kenny Omega is like one of the top guys in wrestling. You know, yeah, he would have been a top guy back in the 1980s. He wouldn't. He'd been one of those great mid card guys, but he would not have been a top guy. To me, seeing the change of athletic ability and the size of the wrestlers that are now being treated with respect over when they would not been. I remember when I broke in, in the, into the early 2000s myself. There were still uh, some promotions in the South. That would look down on the junior heavyweight guys and are like, well, you sure. know, he's not he's not believable. He's not six foot five. And it's like, yeah, but the things he does, you can't do. It's like, why are you not showcasing right, that? Right. Because it, it changes, you know, the perception of everybody when they see something they never thought they would see before and it just blows them out of the water. So me, that's been the yeah. biggest, biggest change. That and I would also say the mentality of today's generation not tolerating uh, people being bullies or bigots or allowing people to do, get away with murder uh, as they yeah. did back then. Like my generation, uh, we tolerated it. And then I'll, I mean, I'll call it out now on this podcast. We allowed a lot of dirt, dirty scumbaggy people to yeah. get away with a lot of stuff in wrestling because we were told like, ah, don't rock the boat. You know, he's, he's, he's protected. This generation's That's just like how it is, yeah. And, and this generation, I love them because they're like, yeah, your boat's now synced. You know, you're right. We don't need you no more. Right. That's the two things I've seen the change of, and I and I love the the newest change with that because now we're getting away from the carny behavior and the people who are just horrible, and we're sticking to our morals finally, which should have been done years ago. So that's my two big changes I've seen. I love I love that that idea of almost not even handing off a torch, but literally taking it from other people, yeah. right? And being like, "No, this is this is what we're doing now. Like, we're we're not going to be dicks the entire time. Yeah. We're going to actually care about each other and and take care of each this other." This is this is the generation that I've witnessed over mine. This is a generation that supports everyone. Like, they don't care if you're doing better than them. They're happy for you. And I've seen people like share their friends posts or share another person post saying, look what this guy's doing. How awesome is this? And dude, when I broke in, so many guys would tell me all the time, we're happy for you, but we don't want to see you do better than us. There's right. so many yeah, guys that yeah. openly say that back then. Do good, <laughs> but don't do better. They're like, what if happened yeah. I do better? Oh, you won't like what you see. It's like, huh? Okay. Kids today. Total opposite. They're like, dude, my friend just made a, a dark match on Impact Wrestling or uh, AEW Dark. Like, I was on Impact Wrestling not too long ago. 
and I and I should have thinking this guy over here was like, this is the greatest thing ever. And he's like sharing it, and like everybody else is sharing it. And it's like it was hilarious. Yeah, I got he was. Joe Hendry, he, he told me about yeah. it. Yeah, I love yeah. that. He I told me about that. it, and it and he was in a great segment. And I was just like, I couldn't be happier. And I'm I'm more supportive for my yeah. brother. Uh, and, John, and I feel the same and, way about and, him. And man. I feel the same way. Anytime I see him get like a booking from another company, I'm like, one of the best guys in commentary going today like deserves it. Like. And, and that's what I love about the mentality. I think even for some of us old guys like myself, who's an old guard, I, I'm starting to adopt that younger kid generation. Where it's yeah, like, yeah. Like, no, you know what? That was toxic, what we were believing in back then. No, let's, let's change that, man. And I tell the kids all the time now, I see them, it's like, I, I, I love those kids. And I would tell any of my older generational wrestling buddies, like, those kids are, are doing the right thing. So, I wish we all done when we were getting bullied and we were getting dealt with the toxic hands. And it's like, no man, that's we're, we're breaking those chains now. And those kids are grabbing those torches. Like I don't even have to pass one to these kids. now. I love that. Here's a yeah. torch run with it. And they do it. Yeah. So, very proud of this generation. One of the things that I was thinking about when you were talking about the athleticism and all the different moves that you, they have to do, right? Like it almost feels like a power creep in like a video game or an anime or something, yes. right? They have to push themselves more and more and more. So it's going to get to the point where they're just going to be doing like triple flips, I guess, and like quadruple 3D flip fuck face kick. I don't know. I don't know. They're going to double jump. Yeah, they're going <laughs> to literally double jump. There it is. That's perfect. They're going to literally double jump. Oh, I tried to double jump once. I only got halfway there. <laughs> Dude, I, I I can't even get out of bed half the time, let alone jump. <laughs> you know, I, I sat down, my ankles will pop. I'm like, yep, yep. Good luck, oh, you yeah. know my boss so my boss used to do uh independent wrestling in the 80s and he's like he always tells me about my uh like i always I tell him about the shows i'm still trying to get him to one of my shows but he's not into death matches and and he's like he's like you take a bump yet and i go i'm trying to never <laughs> take a bump Are you kidding me i don't want to take any You're bumps. like i used to use and my then he's voice like did you set up a ring yeah well and it's like i he's like did you set up a ring and i go i set up a ring and he goes okay good that's good for you good to learn all right, so he's talking about <laughs> just like I'm, that bump, not the other kind of bump, yeah. not the no, 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 <laughs> no. I don't do that kind of bump either. Not, not I'm trying the to take 80s no locker room bump, right? Not the, not that one, right? That's, that's a locker room bump in some other places. That's still called so, you know, the sand. You know, if that's your that's bag, not, man, that's, not that's baby cool. Powder. I, I, ain't, I, ain't, <laughs> I, I ain't no narc. I ain't gonna call you out. Uh, I know my place. Is this the, <laughs> right, is this right. the Mr. Fuji uh, powder spot? Yeah, <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> that's not for you. <laughs> uh, that's that's fantastic. Uh, is there anybody that you both really see making it uh, either growing with the show or growing? I don't want to say past the show, right? That that seems kind of diminished of. The ruthless, right? Right. Is there anybody that you see kind of rising above the rest of them and, and trying to like be that big next shining star? I don't want to answer that question because I don't want anybody to be upset that I didn't mention them. I, I will say this. I will say this. And, I, and this might be a coward answer, but that's fine. I'll take the coward answer. I think we have the most unique 
and the most best variety of talent that we've regularly have brought in. And like some of our like regulars and like staples that we have on a, like a lot of shows or semi regulars on our shows uh, on top of like the bigger named uh, talent or international talent, everything. I think we have a great mix of indie stars that have been on the grind that is finally getting their flowers young kids who are putting themselves out there and unique individuals that really tell their story. Well, I would never want to say this person is a star because in, in every aspect, any person on any of our cards, top to bottom can be that star for it. And they are that star to someone somewhere, someplace. So in a roundabout way, I can't choose one person. Every single person has something very unique. And I'm always in awe of what I get to do and who I get to call and, and, and who to put out there. So that that's my answer. Professional. I love it. Great. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, always. He's very, he's very always. PR with it. Like everybody's great. <laughs> I, you know. <laughs> uh, I will I will also like give that as a, a, a good enough answer because the the stuff that you guys have talked about though is is the fact that you guys are trying to push the envelope as a whole company and a unit, right? Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. are trying to do as much as you can. So you're gonna see that diversity, you're gonna see that dynamic in there, and you're gonna see everybody push the envelope and everybody tries to bring each other up, just like what you were saying, right? That's that's kind of the idea. Celebrate each other. And that next generation is really going to be the ones doing it. The thing I, I see yeah. too with, with Ruthless Pro is like, there are some people that stands out. Like, you know, they're going to be something special when you see them. you have like, everyone's a team player in the company. That's what I love about it. Like everyone's out there to do what's best for the company. But I mean, I'll, I guess I'll say some few names that I, that comes to mind that I feel like in the next five years, we're going to say like, Hey, you remember that guy? Cause like now look where he's at. Like, uh, right, right. Like the guy who's been killing it on the scene, uh, Dr. Redacted. I, dude, for a guy who's only been doing death matches, like how long pod, like what a year, year and a half. I, I, it's it, like a couple of years. Like he used to be, um, part of Kaiju big Dr. battle Cube. and as, as the big villain, Dr. Cube. And then it got to the point where he was starting to break out of Kaiju big battle and started doing other matches and other death matches out there. And it got to the point where he cannot, he can no longer be called that. So now he's called Dr. Redacted. Yeah. <laughs> and this guy is like, if you ever seen like Nick Gage in, in the old school, like CCW GCW type vibe, when this music plays, that crowd is instantly like already going like rabid. Like I was selling pod. When I was ring announcing the uh, the the main event for the finals of King of the Kill, mm-hmm. when I did a whole like from Strong Island, New York, you know, building them up, Doctor Redacted, and then boom, that crowd's like, and it's and the whole like outdoor, everybody was chanting his name in such unison. It's like you could feel that crowd go from like normal to like savage like real quick it's like that's their <laughs> I guy that. i love that that's yeah. their guy like he's he's mm-hmm. a cult like following type of guy like everyone he is like fans just love him i feel yeah. like he's got something special um i think Schwartzy is one of those guys that's such an underrated for so many years was overlooked and now i think the world's starting to see how really good he is he's a showman but he's also a wrestler's wrestler when he gets down to it I think uh, Tommy Vendetta has a huge bright future ahead of him. 
I also see the same thing for uh, Judge Joe Dredd, who, in my opinion, is the best promo in independent wrestling going right now. He reminds me so much of Eddie Kingston without trying to be okay. like Eddie Kingston. Okay. I would love to see him and Eddie face off of each other. To me, that's a dream match. Because I right hands when he popped on that. He's thinking like, man, that would be good. I'm I'm a big Eddie Kingston (laughs) mark, and I've been a fan of him since his early days. But you tell me, so Joe and him having a promo battle with each other, then a fight. I'm also I'm a promo battle and just a big old hoss fight, and I love me a good hoss fight. So Joe Joe Dredd is someone I I'm a I'm a big supporter of. I think he's he's phenomenal. Um, God, there's so many talents that we, we could talk about on this podcast that was ruthless. I mean, you know what? Since we got this time, let's with a little bit left. We should kind of run down that October 14th card and say like, like, Hey, this is what you guys are, should be paying the money to go see. I'm just saying, you know, I'll, I'll quickly, I got, I have all the whole card in front of me. I, I, I can break this down. So this is happening at Berwyn Eagles on October 14th, and it'll be also streaming live and on demand on IWTV. So 10 bucks a month, sign up, check it out. Uh, we have uh, we have a tag match called uh, uh, the team called the Bruisers, which uh, involves of uh, bunkhouse brawler Robert Ketchum and the hellhound Mitch Malik taking on an Im- in uh, first time teaming up together. Uh, two individuals very uh, on the rise in the in the deathmatch circuits and big staples now starting to become big staples of uh, the Midwest scene. Uh, Dale Patrick's the deathmatch jackass and public enemy number one, Eric Dillinger. Eric, Eric Dillinger. If you've never seen Eric, if right. never seen Eric Dillinger wrestle. Dude is going to be a superstar, not just in deathmatch, but wrestling in general. That guy has the it factor. That yeah, that's the, that's what you got to look for, right? Just that got, charismatic. Yeah. yeah, this guy mm-hmm. wrestled for our show in Berwyn, first time in front of the RPW crowd, right? Russell Otis Coger had mm-hmm. a killer banger of Otis. Didn't win. But sometimes in wrestling, you can lose and still win. And right, that's a prime right. example because that crowd was chanting, please come back in such a unison that no one can say like, eh. everybody's like, yeah, we got to book this guy again. Like, he's a superstar, man. Straight up. That's crazy. We have a uh, third generation wrestler, Malcolm Monroe, the third, his father, who is, uh, who's on his, uh, you know, has been wrestling in the Detroit scenes and everything. And is also his grandfather uh, did runs in the old territory days. So uh, wrestling is literally in his blood. Uh, Malcolm Monroe, the third will be taking on. And we mentioned him before. Uh, he's on an American excursion right now from Mexico. Uh, gentleman known as Crazy King. Uh, so those two will face off in uh, Chicago uh, as well. Uh, coming up uh, also, uh, we mentioned both these gentlemen just recently, Otis Coger and a first time matchup and a big old hoss yeah, fight. This is a hoss uh, fight. If you like big, big meaty men slapping meat, you'll like this match. <laughs> Otis Coger will take on Judge Joe Dredd. Uh, All and right. So uh, be on the lookout you, for that match. Uh, we have a job, but go ahead. Never seen Otis. Otis is literally like. The closest thing to Bam Bam Bigelow you'll ever see. All right. I'll, like that pops. He's like a 300 pound dude who can do freaking moonsaults, man. Like super, super agile. Yeah. Yeah. We have our RPW championship and a man that has been on a tear of over 900 days as champion, but he has a kind of, uh, 
somewhat of a uh, uh, a blemish on his record and no contest uh, when they faced off the first time back in January of uh, 22. Uh, Justin Kyle uh, will defend the RPW championship against Hoodfoot Mo Atlas, which he is currently the top of the deathmatch food chain as the American deathmatch world champion. So that's going to be a very interesting matchup between both of those gentlemen, both run in similar circles. Both has won championship as, as beloved by many in the Midwest. So it's going to be uh, kind of a, a fight to remember for Justin that. Kyle's like, uh, well. Justin Kyle's like death match. Brock Lesnar. He really is Good Lord. former MMA yeah, fighter. Bro, he, okay. He's a okay. monster okay. of a man. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Big deal. Oh, yeah. So we could, we take we talk more of now the death matches and more extreme action that we're going to get out of uh, a first time matchup and both of these t- these dudes are just complete and utter psychopaths. We talked about Doctor Redacted. Yeah, well, he will yeah. be uh, at our upcoming show uh, against a man known only as Schlack. And Schlack has been doing this in, for uh, probably close to 15, 20 years, have wrestled all across the world in deathmatch. And this dude, you, you picture a, a person who calls himself Schlack. That's what he looks like. It, he is just the most devious looking motherfucker you'll ever meet. That's, that's fantastic. Do you guys have like a favorite character that you've met over the years that you, you really, really like? Because I think these guys really put a lot of effort into what they're putting on the mat, right? They really do. Um, I, I'm a big fan of the Kogers. <laughs> I, I Schlack scares the shit out of me. Really, what you see <laughs> really is what does. you get. He's the funniest dude, but he's also the scariest dude he's, at the yeah. same time. It's sure, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm laughing um, with you. I'm a big. I'm a big. I love. I love the characters of the Koger brothers. Uh, uh, I think Atticus and Otis both put very big time into their character development and how they perceive themselves, how they put themselves out there, uh, how they do in their matches. And it's a lot of the stuff. It's not necessarily what they do. It's what they not do in matches. That really brings a lot of them. Uh, I think uh, we mentioned before judge Joe dread, uh, incredible promo maker. Uh, I think he does very well. Dr. Redacted is very fun. Uh, I think Hoodfoot Mo Atlas is uh, a fantastic athlete and has done a lot of good. And we've seen his rise Mo? to the death mat uh, to the top of the Mo death Atlas match. To me, uh, Mo chain. to me is like so. death match. Dusty Rhodes. That's okay. That, yeah. He just, okay. He's, he's, the, he's not the, he's not a body Donna type guy. He's not, uh, he's not going to do all the flippy flop, cool kids moves. He's just a big dude mm-hmm. from the South side, Chicago that will tell you straight up. Mm-hmm. Like, on a beach ass, but we're going to have a beer <laughs> afterwards and we're going to be buddies after this. Mm-hmm. He's, he's that dude. He's yeah. that dude. And people from Chicago and Michigan and other places you got to see him wrestle. They fall in love with him because he's him. Like what you see, that's him. You know, I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's blue collar, man. I love that guy. So we have a we have a title that we recently introduced earlier this year in Chicago. We call it the Kamikaze Championship, and this title is going to be a traveling champion. So this title cannot it can not only be defended in RPW, but can be defended in any wrestling company that will allow it. So uh, our com- uh, we we had a we had a a, a match in June, and uh, the the man we call Schwartzy uh, won it. 
And he has already defended it in a couple of outside of promotions, outside of the RPW yeah. sphere. So uh, he makes now his fourth defense of the title. He's defended against a man that he's run in a lot of circles with. Uh, we speak about that Flophouse company that Schwartzy yeah. uh, kind of is his home turf uh, along with us uh, and is, is a company that really is, is, that he's the, the head of um, uh, the champion of there is uh, of a man that just recently did uh, his first trip out in Japan for uh, Big Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, a man named Remington Roar. Breakout star. Uh, so so Schwartzy is going to be defending the title against Remington Roar uh, for the Kamikaze Championship. Um, uh, we talk about big names, and we talked about Atticus Koger, uh, and uh, now we have a big Lucha Libre legend, 15 years in the business in places like AAA uh, down in Mexico. Uh, Pagano uh, will make it his RPW debut um, Mexican legend and will be taking on uh, the man known as the last nail uh, in Atticus Coger and that. probably I what I feel yeah oh yeah uh, and what I probably feel will be the main event if not probably the co-main event um, we spoke about, about a big tournament and a little bit of spoiler uh, a man named Tommy Vendetta won that tournament, beat seven other dudes in a monstrous wild night in Michigan. Well, he called his shot and the shot is uh, uh, for the rust belt. We call it the rust belt. It, it is a copper belt. It is a, is a, since we started this promotion in the pandemic, right on the, uh, right on the main title it is a it's a head with a big old gas mask on it, it we it, it's that. it's it's cut out like on the sides it's cut out like little buzz very saws. mad max like big copper yeah, yeah i yeah. love that very I mad max that. like you know a lot of titles are gold or silver no this is copper we're the rust belt this is this is the down and dirty deathmatch championship it is held by a fantastic woman that is literally have defended it against a who's who in the deathmatch scene over 600 days as deathmatch champion. Randy West will now put this title on the line against our King of the Kill inaugural winner, Tommy Vendetta. And it's going to be a wild night in the Midwest in Chicago. If you're from the area, go check us out. Tickets are online. Links are at ruthlesspro.com. You can follow us on all the social media. And of course, if you can't see us in person, watch our stuff on demand. IWTV, 10 bucks a month. Not only support us, but support some fantastic independent promotions and find your favorite pro wrestler uh, of the future or of today on IWTV. I love that. I love that. All right. So we're going to, uh, I got a couple more and then that's it. Right, and it's going to be the same question for and that's it, and it's going to be the same question for both of you. So, I, okay, from what John, you were talking about finding your smile, right? So, for overall, what do you think keeps you guys motivated to keep coming back to this company, to this commentary? Is it the community that you surround yourself with, or is it really just as simple as finding that smile again? For me now, like with the smile that I already have. It's not just a company or a community per se, but I have like developed so much friendship with everybody there. Like me and Chris talks almost every day for hours on end, just shooting a, shooting a breeze. Mm -hmm. Me, him, and the other Chris, the owner, 
we'll, you know, mm-hmm. if one of us have a bad day, we reach out to each other. It's like, hey, what's going on? Right. Man? You okay? Right. It's not just like, yeah, I'll see you at the show. Okay. I'll talk to him for six months and see him again. It's so opposite. <laughs> it's like these guys I talk to on a daily on a daily basis are our, our ring crew kids, uh, Bobo and and Chris Smith. And, and we also have like Ethan and like all those guys I'm going to give a shout out to Ari and Tolly and all of them who, who will show up and show out. Like that's family. Like I see them. It's a hug fest. It's just one of those things. You love your friends and your community that you develop and all the deathmatch wrestlers. I got the chance to work with have been super genuine. You know, they, mm-hmm. they're not trying to be buddies with me to get a favor out of anything. They just want to be friends and just, Hey man, how's it going? How's the wife and kids doing? Oh, doing good. How about you? Oh yeah. Doing great. Well, see you next week at the show in Chicago or Detroit or whatever. Right. It's right. to me, like I tell my wife this all the time. Uh, I love all the companies I get to work with, but Ruthless Pro to me is like a family reunion. When I go there, it's like, all right, now I get to see my misfits and and we go out and do all the crazy stuff and have fun and laugh about the nerd culture stuff that we're into, like D like old horror films right. and things. To me, that's why I keep coming back. It's not just wrestling. It's, it's family. You know, I see these guys and I don't have a bad day, man. I don't. If I have glass I flying that. around me and I'm I'm fearing for my <laughs> life because there's sometimes, man, I'll, I'll be honest, when Dr. Redacted threw that trash can and it came like so close to hit me in the head and I was like, well, that was my brush for death. I'm good. Like, okay, I want to get out of the <laughs> ring as soon as possible. There's a part you go back on IWTV. I'm uh, giving a shout out to uh, Astro Mick for being the sponsor for the main event. And I'm like, uh, by the way, uh, God bless everyone here. I'm going to run out of Dodge because my life insurance doesn't cover this policy. <laughs> and everybody, and then the crowd's cracking up laughing. They're like, we don't blame you. <laughs> you seem like running across into the building, you know? So, yeah, no, it's it's I, it's I like I said, it's, it's a great group of people to work with. And it's probably one of the best companies uh, of all the 20 some odd years of doing this. It's the, probably one of the most genuine companies I've ever worked for. That's fantastic. I feel like you get, you guys as commentators can't talk that much shit to the wrestlers because you are in collateral damage they got area weapons, right man. There. I'm not going to like, hey, guy with right. sharp glass, <laughs> fuck you. You know, like, you straight up know, like, yeah, I'm going to get stabbed. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Just give, give him some jibes. <laughs> just just poke him up a little bit while while he's wrestling. Yeah, just, just, just. I've been close enough that like the shards have like come to the commentary <laughs> yes. desk and I have yes. had to duck out of the way. Like it's, it's been at that First point. First show. Much like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, not the British. Our earlier show um, uh, in January, we were at uh, we were at uh, the uh, this Irish club, the the Gaelic club in Detroit, Michigan, and the owner of the building loved us. The board that runs in that building did not like it, so we were no longer welcome in there. Unfortunately, the owner was all about it. He's like, "Yeah, we, we want you back and everything," and then he got outvoted by the board because oh. they were not happy about what's going on. <laughs> Trying to find a venue that's cool about what we're doing is is a little difficult yeah. to say the least. That's I, half the battle, honestly. I was also going to ask about, uh, you guys mentioned that some states actually allow it and some states don't, right? And then Correct. obviously it's the the private citizenship of it all. If, if we want to even rent the venue to you monsters, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I mean, it's a, the sports commission will, will get in the way depending on state by state. Right. And then also, you know, it's just people's property because we, I mean, you got guys flying around. You got people that are doing a bunch of uh, gnarly shit. And, you know, you, you don't want to bring that risk to your building. But 
We always come to the building. We always are honest. We're very professional. We come in. We make sure everything's good. We and we will leave the place like we had when we found it. So like we will clean up uh, to the best of our abilities with everything. And you make sure that, you know, anything that was stained is no longer stained. Any glasses <laughs> flying around. It's no longer there. We vacuum. We we make sure we leave the venue in a better spot than we found it. So. Um, that, that's the biggest thing, um, uh, to, and I guess to answer your other questions, since I guess both the questions for us, yeah. you know, I, I do this, I I've said this before, I get more satisfaction. I've had more satisfaction and more just fun and, and love for what I do in the two years I've done independent wrestling than the 11 years that I did in broadcasting yeah. in radio. Yeah, okay. Don't get me wrong. I I enjoy what I did, and I and I had a lot of great moments, but it was also overshadowed by a lot of bullshit. Right. And and re- and independent wrestling, yeah, it's a different kind of stress. It's a different kind of world. It's you know, it can be very frustrating at times for a lot of reasons. But at the end of the day, like I've always been that type of person that wants to help tell the stories and help entertain others, whether it's myself or whether it's my team or whether I'm part of something that helps bring something uh, joy to others. Because if you see what's going on in the world right now, it's, it's hard out there. It's, and it can be heavy at times. Yeah. And if we can give you an escape for a couple of hours to just enjoy, turn your brain off and enjoy what you have in front of you, whether it's glorious violence, whether it's great characters, whether it's fun action, and whether it's just the camaraderie about everything around you, we did our job. Where, and, and I'm so proud. And I'm so honored. And I'm so happy that I can help tell people's tales and help put a platform out there. I love that. I love that because that's my same mentality for the show. So that that's that's why that's why you and I connect because that's literally like my same mm-hmm. thing. I just want to give a platform, tell people about cool shit that's happening, and connect with my friends and like develop exactly. new friendships. Right? Like that's that's all that's it is. About, man. That, yeah, yeah. So. Last question. What do you guys think that you have learned the most about yourselves throughout your time with wrestling? I'll let you go first, Bob. Because this is a good question. That's why I'm like, well, let him let him go That's first. That's a good yeah. question. I I I will say that that I think my squareness, my level headness, my uh my uh thinking logically. Um, my professionalism mm-hmm. really uh it, it is is really welcomed in this world uh that I'm a part of. Um, and and I always felt that like in radio it, it was an old dog's game, and I'm a I'm a young pup trying to hold my own, and I've gone through a lot of bullshit, a lot of PTSD to, to say the least, uh, even to this day, even, you know, removed from that world sure, uh, a sure. year and a half now. And, and that's something I, I still need to work on to this day because at a certain point you need to just grow out of it. And, um, and, and this world just, it, it was everything that I was expecting and also not expecting at the same time. And just like having the opportunity to just kind of, have fun in my, you know, upper thirties, uh, and, and doing this, you know, I'm 37, you know, I, I literally was a boy to a man in the radio world. Yeah. And now I'm, you know, uh, last few years, especially with COVID and everything, I'm like navigating new places that I never thought I would ever be at. 
and just the opportunity the and the 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 moments and the people and the and the wildness and I, I I get to be a part of and I'm just like I I never thought in a million years that I would be here and I think uh young me would see me and think I would be the raddest person ever and I think that's something that that um that's hard for me to say yeah, yeah. But uh, it's just I, I look back and I'm just like, I d- I've done it's just some really wild, rad shit. And I got a cool. I do cool things with cool people. Yeah. And like, that's all that matters. So, yeah, I think uh, I think that's what I've learned from it. I love I love that. I think young me would still call me a schmuck for whatever reason. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I feel like that's that's what they're going to lead with. Um, but that that's that's great because uh, I feel I feel some of that, too, with. I I am very logical and logistical with work and that bleeds into what I do personally. Now, what ends up happening is that my motivation kind of goes, I'm too tired to do what I love, but I know what I need to do. And that's that's mm-hmm. the the problem that I that I have. But it is really refreshing to know that your talents can be accepted and actually like praised and then embraced. And then the other thing for me is that it's never really too late to find your passion or what you love, right? Or what mm-hmm. you would call home. Uh, I, I I really love the the idea of being able to like reset, refind out what you're, you're about, right? And then rekindle uh, a passion that you never even know you really had, right? I, I love all that. What you got, John? I, we gave you enough time, right? Yeah, uh, you know it's beautiful what Pod said because I I could I could definitely I, I felt that myself, man. I think that after all the years of doing this, learning to develop something different for a field of wrestling like I've never done before, you know, uh, to me, kind of like uh, you you kind of learn like okay, so no matter how many years experience you have, you still learn something new every day. And someone that you would never think would be a teacher is the one who yeah. walks up and he teaches you something and you're all, yeah, I never thought of it that way. Like, okay, that's different. You know, um, old me was like, yeah, yeah, no, I've done this. And it's like, and in the last, in the last year alone, I've kind of like woke myself up and go, you know what? Maybe that person might have a different uh, perspective on this field of work that you've done before but maybe they come out with a different point of view or maybe a different style that maybe you should look into. And it's helped me out. I definitely think uh, the old saying, uh, old dogs will never learn new tricks, but you know what? The thing is we do every day. There's, there's some, if you allow yourself, that's a key to finding success. And I also think it's the key to finding your happiness is allowing yourself to learn something new and not only like a new trait or new skill, or a new part of the business aspect, but you also learn to find something new that makes you smile. And you're learning not only about your business, but you're learning also about yourself. And you're, you kind of develop as a human being when you open yourself up to that mindset. And uh, for me, the last year, man, I have, I have done a lot of soul searching. And honestly, due to going into this route of wrestling has made me look at people differently than what I used to 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And you say, Hey man, you want to go you know, hang out with the deathmatch guys? 
and I was friends with, with some of the deathmatch guys. Sure, yeah. But I was never like that was never my my field of work. I was like, ah, eh, you know, I'm more of an old school Southern NWA type guy. Now it's like, hey, the NWA guys, come hang out with my friends of the deathmatch world. You might actually enjoy hanging out with each other. Yeah, some really yeah. cool people, man. You get to know each other, and it's, and it's I'm starting to see that kind of mix in, and people starting to lower their guard and get to know each other, and you know, I, I've learned to adapt and and learn to. Uh, wake up every morning and feeling blessed when I see the sun, man. It's not like, okay, like a cloudy day, like right behind you, I see the window, the rain and stuff. You know, in wrestling and and also in life, we all go through those rainy days, like Bod with the radio business. You go through all those rainy days, right? Those rainy days are blessings because in the end, when the sun finally comes up and it finally dawns on you, life ain't so bad, man. You just got to learn that sometimes maybe that fill that we're in was not meant to be for us. Something is waiting for us to knock on that door, go through it, and you find yourself in something that you may not ever thought would be your life. But when you do, the greatest feeling in the world. That's where I'm at right now. Um, I'm enjoying this journey that I'm on. And whenever it stops... I'm grateful for it, but I'm hoping it doesn't stop because I'm, I'm just enjoying every second I have. I love that. I think that's it. I think that that's what we end on. Good job. Thank you.